This is Dr. Balaga here. Today's podcast is on the 2019 American Heart Association scientific statement on vascular and metabolic perspectives in cardio-oncology. The statement was published in March of 2019 and the reference is Circulation 2019, Volume 139, pages E579 to E602. The authors of this outstanding document are Dr. Umberto Campia, MD, Dr. Javed Moslehi, MD, Dr. Lale Amiri Kurdistani, MD, Dr. Anna Barak, MD, Dr. Joshua Beckman, MD, Dr. David Chisholm, MD, Dr. Paul Cohen, MD, Dr. John Goark, MBBS, Dr. Horg Herman, MD, Dr. Caroline Riley, PhD, RN, and Dr. Neil Wintraub, MD. The remarkable advances in the understanding of cancer biology have led to breakthrough therapies and an ever-growing number of cancer survivors. Traditional and new cancer therapies, including several targeted therapies, are associated with both vascular injury and metabolic complications. Given the disparate nature of the metabolic and vascular complications, this scientific statement emphasizes the use of a multidisciplinary approach whereby cardiovascular medicine specialists work closely with oncologists to assess cardiovascular risk, to minimize vascular toxicity, and to manage long-term adverse effects. Unlike left ventricular dysfunction, which was associated with some of the early therapies in oncology, Vascular effects are diverse and less well characterized. The newer therapies in cancer have vascular complications in an often unpredictable fashion because they interact between cancer and the endothelium. Given that cardio-oncology is an emerging field, this excellent document presents a broad overview of cardio-oncology discusses various aspects of this nascent discipline, including cardiotoxicity, structuring a cardio-oncology service, training in cardio-oncology, and directions in research. Point number one, a wide range of chemotherapy agents, including fluoropyrimidines, taxanes, vinca alkaloids, platinum compounds, cyclophosphamide, anthracyclines, bleomycin, and others are associated with vascular complications extending from coronary vasospasms to thromboembolic disease. Point number two, radiation therapy has acute vascular inflammatory effects leading to premature atherosclerotic disease and vasculopathies in irradiated areas, including venous stenosis and thrombosis. Other manifestations of radiation-induced vascular damage includes dysautonemia, leading to labile blood pressures and heart rate as well as orthostasis. Point number three, targeted therapies such as small molecule kinase inhibitors, while dramatically altering the prognosis of cancer, can lead to endothelial injury and dramatic increases in blood pressure with related events such as strokes, myocardial infarction, venous thromboembolism, and limb ischemia. Immune checkpoint inhibitors, particularly anti monoclonal antibodies to PD-1 and CTLA-4, are associated with fulminate 
myocarditis. Point number four, cancer therapies also interfere with metabolism, leading to alterations in lipid and glucose levels, such as in the case of androgen deprivation therapies, although their outcomes are unclear. Point number five, venous thromboembolism, including superficial phlebitis, deep venous thrombosis, catheter-related thrombosis, and pulmonary embolism represent the most common cardiovascular complication of malignancy at a rate seven-fold higher than non-cancer patients. Patients with cancer represent 20% of the overall venous thromboembolism burden, low molecular weight heparin for an extended duration that is undefined remains the preferred therapy, although preliminary evidence suggests direct oral anticoagulants are a safe alternative. Point number six, cancer and cardiovascular disease have several shared risk factors that include lifestyle, tobacco use, dyslipidemia, inflammation, and certain somatic mutations like DNMT3A, ASXL1, and TET2. Point number seven, this guideline document emphasizes that cardio-oncology research should be directed towards better understanding of the off-target effects of kinase inhibitors and developing personalized risk-based approaches to primary prevention of cardiovascular events and attributed to cancer therapy. It emphasizes the collaboration between basic, translational, and clinical research programs. The creation of multi-institutional registries is essential to identify and characterize accurately cardiovascular toxicities of cancer therapies. Point number eight, there is an unmet need for specialized cardiovascular services addressing the needs of cancer patients and survivors across their treatment continuum. Successful cardio-oncology services are rooted in a collaborative, multidisciplinary partnership between oncology, cardiology, and allied subspecialties. Point number nine, while several institutions have established training programs in cardio-oncology, there is a need to define the core competencies to standardize expertise across the field, similar to what has been done in the past with other cardiovascular specialties, such as heart failure, electrophysiology, imaging, etc. And the final point, point number 10, clinical trial endpoints in oncology should be revised to allow for accurate identification of both metabolic and cardiovascular toxicities. Given many cancer therapies are approved with only one trial, post-market surveillance is key to identifying rare but serious cardiovascular effects of these therapies. This document has a nice figure characterizing the cardiovascular complications in the oncology population. Number one, heart failure stages A to D. The agents implicated are anthracyclines, HER2 agents, proteasome inhibitors, immune checkpoint inhibitors, VSPIs, hypertension, VSPIs including sunitinib, sorafenib, bevacizumab, and lenovatinib. Peripheral arterial events such as ponotinib, nilotinib, axitinib, and these are all tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Coronary artery disease caused by chest radiation 
and aromatase inhibitors. Valvular disease caused by chest radiation, cardiac amyloidosis seen in multiple myeloma patients, atrial fibrillation seen in patients receiving ibrutinib, DVT and thrombosis seen in patients receiving thalidomide, lenalidomide, pomalidomide. This is in a nutshell regarding the, this outstanding scientific statement. This podcast was derived from the source document and perspectives written by Dr. Salim Hayek on acc.org on March 18, 2019. Future podcasts will discuss many of the details discussed in this outstanding document.